Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Rant Podcast. Your source for the latest on movies, TV shows, and video games. Get ready for ranting, raving, and reviewing. Here is your host, Lee. Hi everyone, welcome back for another edition of Lights, Camera, Rant. As my wonderful intro guy says, I'm your host Lee, and what we'd like to do is break down the latest news and get into the reviews, which this week we're looking at the latest episode of Kenobi, and good lord, looking at the last three episodes of The Boys, which, holy shit, like... Anyone who's seen it, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about and why I am so ecstatic. And if you've seen it on my Instagram, I posted about holy shit on the first 10 minutes, which I will get into. So guys, as you would know, spoilers left, right, center. So I can't say enough. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We do not hold back on this podcast because by the time these episodes drop... These shows have already been out for a couple of days, so snooze, you lose if you haven't watched it already. But, however, if you haven't, stop this recording, stop this episode, go watch it, and come back. And please, always come back for more episodes, because I always appreciate it. Uh, and before we obviously get forward into this episode, if you could leave us a review on Spotify, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or whatever streaming platform you're using, if you could please leave us a review, it goes a long way, and I really appreciate it, and I'd like to say thank you very much. So, uh, before we fully get into this episode, just like to say that last week, uh, last Thursday, as this episode drops, uh, me and my partner, we went and saw a John Williams uh, tribute night with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, which was bloody outstanding. I absolutely loved it. My partner, Maddie, it was a big surprise. Um, uh, she surprised me. She said, oh, I want to go to this because uh, she got tickets because she used to she used to go see, currently right now, the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra is going through all the Harry Potter films and they're doing the live orchestra. So this came up. And it was fantastic. You know, heard the original Superman theme, heard Raiders of the Lost Ark, the you know the Imperial March, the Cantina, um, Hook's theme or the uh, theme from Hook, and but the biggest thing I'd have to say that uh, it was a, it was an amazing experience. But the biggest thing uh, that took me back as a child wasn't Star Wars, wasn't Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, they did play Jewel of Fates, which I lost my shit for. But it was actually here in the Jurassic Park theme. When I heard that being played in a live orchestra, it just took me straight back to being a kid when I first saw the first Jurassic Park and you saw the dinosaurs for the first time, you know, them coming over that hill, seeing the Bronchosaurus, and then looking over the entire valley and seeing all the dinosaurs. I remember that as a kid and it just took me straight back then. It's amazing how music can do that you know it's not just obviously movie music but any type of music you know you can listen to and it just instantly takes you back to that period of time when you first heard it you know there's a period of time when you listen to music and you know it was a music you listened to in your teens and that takes you straight back or you know and in some songs you listen to is like oh god it's cringeworthy i can't believe i like that 
Um, anyway, and similar thing, you know, music actually, um, it's like your tastes. They evolve as well and they do change for the times. Uh, but you can always go back and listen to it and enjoy it again. So, yeah, going back and hear, you know, hearing that, the Jurassic Park theme, was just bloody outstanding. And I will argue with anyone at any day of the week the fact that a theme can completely make a movie. And the best, you know, the best irritation of that is Jaws. Imagine watching Jaws without the theme. You're like, all right, everybody, everybody's just staring at the water watching a th fin. No, no one looks scared. Uh, but Jaws is probably the best one. And then, you know, that's probably something, you know, we're probably missing in movies these days, I will have to say, is themes. Because, you know, you know, you see Raiders Lost Ark, you see Star Wars, you see... You know, um, obviously Jaws, Harry Potter, uh, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, they all had themes, you know, that's probably what's missing um, big from movies these days, is that you can't, you know, it's not, those iconic themes aren't staying there as much. Um, the, the newest theme, two movies I can call out the newest theme that, you know, every time I hear that theme, I think it's, it's outstanding, that's um, of the modern era would be uh, The Dark Knight, aggressive expansion, um, hearing that and Why Do We Fall from The Dark Knight Rises, that you know, by Hans Zimmer, that really captures The Dark Knight. And instantly when I hear that, I'm like taken back to when I very first saw The Dark Knight trilogy. And the next one being The Avengers theme and Portals. Uh, seeing, watching The Avengers the first time, hearing that music and doing, when the camera does that rotation with the heroes being together for the first time, you know, it just embedded, you know, embedded into your mind and takes you back. Every time I hear that theme, I think of that scene. And every time I hear Portals, it takes me back that first opening night of seeing Endgame and being completely blown away and just being in gobsmacked awe of uh, just, you know, what was going on. That's probably the two themes that come to my head straight away. Um, so I will argue black and blue with anyone the fact that... Uh, you know, music can make or break a movie and also enhance a movie experience uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, <coughs> and if you guys haven't already, uh, go check out my last episode. I did a video episode uh, because the fact that, lucky for me, I caught COVID and I was stuck in lockdown for a week and I, so I couldn't go anywhere. It was in isolation and I thought, you know what? I've got extra time, I'm going to make a video episode. So a video episode came a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. Um, so definitely go check it out. That was my first reaction to Kenobi and also did a review of Chip and Dale, uh, which actually was a surprising comedy that uh, actually was really funny to watch. So without further ado, as you guys know, uh, I like to uh, get ready for the uh, sessions uh, sitting. So if you haven't already, um, if, especially if you're not driving, uh, pull up a drink and let's break down to this episode. So as you would have guessed from this title, John Favreau confirmed Mando Season 4. Which is, I had no doubt the fact that they were going to make a Season 4. However, it was just not a nice fact that we got confirmation. So as this episode, I'm recording this episode, we still have not seen, has not been released... The trailer for Mando season three that got released at the Star Wars celebration. 
uh, which I was talking to uh, a friend the other day, and I completely understand why, and I would do the same, as the fact that obviously you know that The Mandalorian is almost like your bread and butter show. Uh, not taking anything from Kenobi, but the fact that, you know, how big The Mandalorian has gotten, you know, and I think the reason they're holding off and holding that trailer is the fact that Kenobi is out right now. So I can imagine probably a couple of weeks later or, you know, a month or two later, they'll, they will bring out the trailer for Mandalorian Season 3 because um, obviously that's not being premiered until Feb, Feb next year. Um, so that's going to be, I really do hope. Yeah, at the same time, they might not release it because the fact that Star Wars Endor is coming out. Um, so that might actually come a little bit later. So it'd be very interesting. It makes sense if it comes out between the gap. Um, however, you know, you never know when these trailers are going to drop. So <coughs> I can't wait for that. Uh, but yeah, season four, Mandalorian in the works. So let's see, Mandalorian season three is coming out in Feb. I would predict, predict probably the same thing. I would say Feb 2024 or they'll go back December 2024, we will see The Mandalorian Season 4, because uh, <coughs> after Mandalorian Season 3, we're going to get uh, the second season of um, Andor is going to come out, because that's two seasons, and we're also going to get Ahsoka, which is going to be a massive hype, uh, because we fact that we know Hayden Christensen is returning for Ahsoka, and Ahsoka will be hunting down uh, Grand, Grand Admiral Thorn. Um, he will also be appearing in that show, so that's going to be very interesting. And then, obviously, we've got Star Wars Visions, and we've got Star Wars Tales of uh, Tales of the Jedi. So, for Star Wars, Disney Plus TV shows, they are pumping through. So, definitely strap yourself in for that, um, which I've been saying for weeks now. There is so much content coming out over the next two to three years. So, if you're a Marvel fan or a Star Wars fan, you're in for a treat. If you're a DC fan, I am sincerely sorry. And look, it's... <sighs> I feel for you guys because at the same time, I'm like, Marvel and Star Wars have got down pat. DC, what the F are you doing? Like, come on. Like, you're so far behind. And I just... You know, what gets me is the fact that it's like, you know... We announced all these shows, and then, then DC turns around and goes, Oh, you know, we've got uh, Gotham Knights TV show coming out of DC, the CW, which is Batman's dead, and the children of his villains are going to try and through kill him. That looks like utter garbage. And not to mention that even the fact that the, the Gotham Knights video game had to tweet saying that we're completely separate from the two because of the fact of how terrible that is. And you know what's, you know what's funny? You know, it's funny. And um, I was, you know, I see shows like this get announced, and I'm like, who in the God's name is green like this? Reading this on paper, who thinks this is a good idea? You know, and the fact that we still don't have a Batman Beyond movie or TV show just boggles me. And like, two scripts... Yet someone goes, yeah, let's have a look, you know, let's, Batman's dead. I'm like, how about we stop milking the Batman cow, you know, of Bruce Wayne and everything. How about you look at a different Batman altogether? 
you know, you've done, you've done Gotham. That's done, dusted. You know, it's in the bag. But this show, I predict season one, complete bomb, complete failure. You know, I'm out of that. It's just, you know, I, I haven't watched the trailer. Just the premise and the photos I've seen just look terrible. You know, and just, oh, I just don't know what Warner Brothers, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Ever since uh, Batman v Superman, it just, I just don't know what the DC is doing. They've got a lack of direction altogether. And the best example of that is, let's wind the clocks back a couple of months ago, guys. DC were pumping out promos saying that 2022 was going to be the year of heroes. And what happened that two, three weeks later? Boom! They announced that nearly all the movies got delayed or reshuffled. So 2022 isn't the year of DC for heroes. It just, no. So we're, obviously we got, you know, the Batman, uh, Black Adam, which uh, June the 8th, uh, June the 8th, guys, strap yourself in because we're going to see the world premiere of Black Adam. Um, first trailer, so I'm very looking forward to that. Most, I uh, think I've said, bef- said before, the most thing I'm looking forward to about Black Adam is just seeing The Rock play, you know, an anti-hero, kind of like a villainous role. That's the most interesting to that, and obviously that will, you know, lead, lead into Black Adam 2 or Black Adam versus Shazam. Um, but, yeah, so we've obviously we've got, you know, Aquaman as well coming later this year, which, uh, I don't think Amber Heard is going to be coming to Aquaman 2 premiere at all. Nope. Uh, not at all. But, you know, I just... It just, in this day and age, I just don't understand, you know... Obviously, I'm just one little person looking on the outside on a podcast and, you know, as a fan. But the problem is, as a fan, you're seeing... You're looking, you know, as a DC fan, if you're looking at the other side of the fence at both Marvel and Star Wars, they're getting content. They've got direction. They've got vision of where everything's headed. Yes, it's obviously, you know, Mickey Mouse's money, but, like, why can't that... Not saying, I'm not saying DC needs to copy Marvel or Star Wars. They just need to have a bloody direction of where they're going and what's coming out. And not announcing shows that no one in their right mind asked for. There was no demand for it. There was no request for it. You know, at all. How about you look at different properties? Look at different heroes. Or, you know, that's that's a um, different aspect to look into. Wow, I definitely went down the rabbit hole on that going from The Mandalorian Season 4. Whoa! Sorry, guys, still keeping up? <laughs> um, yeah, pull back, pull back. Yeah, so, I predict 2024, we will see Mandalorian Season 4. Um, which, you know, The Mandalorian is a fantastic show. I have no doubt Mando Season 3 is going to blow everything out of the water. And that's going to be fantastic. What they're doing is great work. Uh, and, you know, <coughs> the funny thing is, I remember when they first announced The Mandalorian, I was like... Uh, Alright, you look like kind of like Boba Fett, but like, where is this going to go? Uh, but yeah, I guess I'll watch it. Watch the first season, already demanding season two. Straight away, which season two just ramped everything up, and bam, and then the book of Boba Fett just turned up even more, and, you know, and Grogu just, you know, just spent, you know, completely took Disney by storm. So, 
definitely keep going with that Mandalorian hype train. But uh, yeah, strap yourselves in, guys. Uh, also, uh, moving on, uh, apparently in the works, so this was originally announced as a, well, not announced, rumoured that Gran Turismo movie was going to be a TV show. But apparently that's changed into a movie now. And we'll be getting Gran Turismo, based on the video games, movie from the District 9 director. Uh, he's going to be directing this. And it'll be very interesting to see what, how they're going to do a Gran Turismo movie. Because, obviously, Gran Turismo is a driving simulator. And they won't want to copy Fast and Furious. And they won't want to copy... Um, oh, what was it called? It absolutely bombed. Need for Speed. Yeah, they want to do that as well. So I'm very interested to see what kind of aspect they will take on this. Um, that's my biggest curiosity going into this movie. Um, is like, <coughs> is it going to be based in like what I'm saying is like, will it be based purely on driving and everything, or will it be the fact that you know, in the same kind of vein as uh, Ready Player One, the fact that you know people put on their headsets. And they go in driving, yet, you know, if you crash or die, you die for real. You know, not in the same vein as, like, Death Race. So, I'm more happy for a movie. I'm very curious, but I will obviously be going to see Gran Turismo. I'll be taking my old man, because the fact that Gran Turismo is the only PlayStation game he plays, and he absolutely loves it just for the driving aspect. So moving on, uh, so for any Destroy All Humans fans, uh, Destroy All Humans 2 reprobed, uh, got a release date of August the 30th this year, uh, so that would be right around the corner. Apparently if you pre-order it, you also get an extra mini-game as well, like a spin-off game, so that looks very interesting. Uh, but yeah, so Destroy All Humans, which as we all know, uh, they released the remastered version, or the reimagined version, of uh, that came out last year, that did so well. So now they're wor working on Destroy All Humans 2, which you know I can't wait for that to come out. That looks um, Destroy All Humans is a fantastic and really fun franchise, and I'm really glad that it got you know injected with a bit of life into it because uh, it did so well and it's still doing well now. So I have no doubt Destroy All Humans 2 will go very well. Uh, sticking with gaming news. For anyone, for fans of obviously Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet, that got a release date. That is coming out November the 18th this year. So remember, this is basically... Um, if you remember, obviously, a few months ago, Pokemon uh, Thesis, uh, Achilles. Nah, still butchering the damn name. Um, that got released and it was, it seemed to be, visually it was stunning However, it seemed to be kind of like a bit hollow of what to do things because there was no gyms or anything, there was no battling, it was really just captured them all and you do nothing else, basically. Um, however, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh, is building upon that same kind of aspect, however, it's coming with everything else. Gyms, battles, everything else that you expect from a Pokemon game. So that's all coming together from November the 18th. So originally there was no confirmed release date, so that got announced. I've been seeing Mark go nuts about it from Mark My Words. He can't wait um, and see what kind of aspect it will be. Um, and look, I hope it does really well, and I really hope it injects everything that was missing from the previous Pokemon game that came out last year to give the fans everything they want. 
Uh, you know, well, no, I think they want, but you know, everything that should be in a Pokemon game, basically. Uh, now, this speaking of games, this was um, this game is really weird. So, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Uh, so, Raven, Ravenous Devils. Uh, so, this is a game that got released in April this year. Um, however, it can't. It wasn't very obviously overly well known. However, thanks to a particular person's TikTok, it's blown out of the water because the reason why is that if you've ever seen Sweeney Todd, same kind of aspect. So you obviously you, you know, build a shop and everything, and you own a pub and everything. But uh, what you do is <coughs> is that you kill humans. Uh, you kill people and sell them as food. I will let that set in. But yes, that is what you do, just like Sweeney Todd. Instead of, instead of uh, a pie shop, it is a pub. And obviously you can upgrade and everything, so it's a building building managing simulation. Uh, but you do that as well. Because uh, I just saw the tagline that uh, a game you can sell human or you know, feed human people. And I was like... Alright, you have my attention. I'm going to look into this and have a look. And, uh, yeah. <coughs> so, that's... Uh, please excuse my coughing, guys. Um, kind of like the lingering of COVID, really. Uh, so, thank you for bearing with me. Uh, but, yeah. So, that's, uh, that's currently on Steam at the moment. But, uh, yeah. If you look for something a bit dark and if you're a really big Sweeney Todd fan, I would recommend to go check that out. Because, uh, huh... Just the tagline when I saw it, I was just like, what the f... Alright, alright, you know, you can make a game about anything, like, yeah, there's Saw, there's, there's all different kinds of games out there, but, you know, why not a game like Sweeney Todd? Why the hell not? Uh, but moving on, uh, so if we're going to, like, movie news, uh, Doctor Strange 2 will be streaming on Disney Plus on June 22nd, so strap yourself in for anyone who hasn't seen Doctor Strange yet. Uh, don't worry, it will be on Disney Plus later this month. Uh, for any Mad Max fans, Furiosa, the prequel movie to the latest Mad Max that Charlize Theron played. Uh, we'll get a prequel, Charlize Theron is in returning uh, for the movie, and Chris Hemsworth will be in this movie as well. Uh, George uh, Miller is returning to obviously write, direct, all the fun stuff. That is gone into production. That is currently shooting with a release date of May the 24th, 2023. So the biggest thing about going into that movie is the fact that that is going to be a prequel to arguably the best action movie of the last few years. Even though Mad Max has been a little while, the praise, the awards that Mad Max got was just, you know, outstanding. So I'd be very curious to see how this movie goes. Especially seeing Chris Hemsworth and Wall being in the role and keeps that tradition of an Australian uh, Australian vibe, obviously with uh, Mel Gibson, the original Mad Max, and yeah, this new one is also being shot in Australia as well. Uh, also, at uh, Daniela Daniela Melchior, Melchior. So she played Ratcatcher in the latest Suicide Squad movie. She will be having a small role in the latest Guardians of the Galaxy movie, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, this was confirmed by James Gunn on his Instagram. She will be joining the cast. 
Um, so that's going to be interesting to see what she will play. Uh, there's no discussion of what character she'll play. The fact that she will be joining the cast. So Guys Galaxy 3 is shaping to be quite the movie as well as how it's all going to go down, especially with Adam Warlock, which if you know anything about the comics, he is immensely powerful. And how is this all going to go down? Oh, obviously if you've also played Guns Galaxy video game, which if you haven't, go check that out. It is a bloody great game. Um, so yeah, she'll be joining the cast. Uh, also, now this is really weird because of how far away it is, which it wasn't originally, so they've got time. Uh, the early screenings of the Flash movie, which is meant to come out, was meant to come out later this year. However, it's now it's coming out in uh, June next year. Uh, apparently, the early screenings for the movie are extremely positive. Um, I did see someone tweet saying, "Oh, look, another win for DC." I'm like, uh, <coughs> "Yeah, let, let's go with that. Yeah, another win for DC because um, they really, really need it right now." But <coughs> um, very interesting to see how that's going to go, um, how it's going to play out, because obviously with everything with Isa Miller going on right now, and him not liking Hawaiian people, um, and going to jail twice, um, so that's going to be interesting. Um, my, my biggest thing about The Flash is seeing Michael Keaton return as Batman, however, I thought that was going to be the first movie we were seeing him return, he's not, he, well... Not this year. His first movie returning as Batman will be in the Batgirl movie, which we released on HBO Max the end of this year. But uh, yeah, every, right now, besides Isla Miller, everything is positive for The Flash. Uh, now, the last bit of movie news I do have is... Well, this was no shock to anybody. was the fact that Morbius... Don't know why... Can't believe I'm talking about this again, but Morbius returned to theaters. Yep, returned to about a thousand plus theaters uh, because of you know how all the memes that came out about the show and the fact it's Morbin time. Oh my god, it's so cringeworthy me just saying that. But yeah, Morbin time. That's all it came in, and you guess what, guys? It bombed. It. Bombed to no shock. So, over the past weekend, it only made $85,000 at the box office. Which you break that down, that's not a, sh that's not a lot of money. And I just, I don't... Who, who said bring that back to the theatres? Who said yes to that? Like, it was a terrible movie. It was chopped and cut in the wrong way. It, there's things missing for it. Um, I won't go into the full theme because you should check out my previous episode where I did my full review of the movie. And you know what? Apparently the last thing I heard about this movie was the fact that it also got removed. All Spider-Man references got removed um, from the movie to even the point where Michael Keaton saying the fact it's going to do something about Spider-Man. That got removed as well. So, again, what the F are you doing, Sony? Why did you re-release this? Who told you to re-release this? This is a garbage of a film. Uh, what's his name? Jared Leto does a fantastic job as a character. His performance is good. Everything else is a shitfire. Even the story is shitfire. So, that's my short review of Morbius. Uh, but you should definitely go check out the episode where I did talk about more. Where Sony has failed. Again, uh, because they can't do shit without Marvel. No joke. 
but yeah, that's another bomb. So guys, that was all the massive news that happened in the past week, um, both video game, TV show, and movies. So without further ado, let's get into the reviews with both Kenobi and The Boys. So, across the board, did we all enjoy, are we all enjoying Kenobi? Did we all absolutely love the last episode of Kenobi? Because I did, and I lost my effing mind. Alright, so, Kenobi. So, this latest episode, obviously, continuation from, from episode 2, with uh, Kenobi realising the fact that Anakin's still alive, he's still on the run with uh, Princess Leia. The actress who plays Princess Leia is doing a fantastic job, and she is really embodying, embodying Le Princess Leia and uh, playing as Carrie Fisher, so my praise off to her. So this episode goes on with the starts off with we get to see the suit up scene of Darth Vader, absolutely chills. We get to see Darth Vader's castle, which is again chills. James L. Jones has returned to voice Darth Vader. The man is ninety one years old, and he's returned to play this character, um, which is fantastic. Whenever Darth Vader talks, absolutely chills. Um, so I'm glad that he's come back, uh, and the fact that we see all that, you know, and the fact that he is trying, obviously he wants Kenobi, he doesn't give a shit about the, Qu the Inquisitors, because they're all going to die anyway, um, but, speaking of that, before I go any further, Kenobi, biggest, most watched original show on Disney Plus premiere. It is the how many people have streamed in to watch it the <coughs> the biggest ever even above Marvel, uh, which I was completely shocked about that. Um, but you know that's that's incredible uh, the fact that they did like that and that's a complete testament to you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen because people have been clamoring for a Kenobi movie or TV show since Revenge of the Sith. So there's been a long wait and demand for this show. Speaking of also this show, now Ewan McGregor has had to come out and speak about this, um, which obviously I'm going to as well. Uh, so there has been a big uh, backlash and a lot of hate for Moses Ingram as she plays the third sister or third sister uh, Inquisitor, which she's doing a fantastic job on the series. Uh, she was great in episode 3, you know, she's obviously the type of character, she's making sure that you hate it, 100%. But apparently, um, she's been attacked on Instagram, um, Star uh, the official Star Wars Twitter posted the fact that we stand with her, and, you know, there is no place for racism or hate in, um, Star Wars universe or in this galaxy, and Hugh McGregor also went to TikTok saying the fact, you know, it's disgusting, um, you know, she's done a fantastic job, we shouldn't be doing this, and look, that's, that shouldn't happen at all, guys, if you, if a character you're watching is making you hate them, then that actor is doing their job, and they're doing their job very well, that doesn't mean you need to go and attack the actor themselves, you know, it's sad, but like, the actor who did 
uh, Jar Jar Binks, you know, has gone on record saying the fact that he he contemplated suicide, you know, because of the pure the hate that he received, the hate mail and everything. And, like, that's that's no place for it. You know, you don't need to do this type of attack. Do an attack. If you don't like an actor personally, you don't message him. Don't go straight on to them, you know. Don't, you just don't need to do that. And don't, you know... Just because you don't like a character, take a step back and go, I don't like this character. They're doing their job for what they're paid for. When actually, if I'm getting annoyed, if I'm getting that hate, then I should praise them. Because of the fact that they're doing their job. You know, I don't... You know, she she's an honor... You know, I like the character. Do I like the character? No. But I don't like the character because of what she's doing personally because of the character in the show that she's portraying and what her character is doing, not the actor. So, you know, there's no place for this type of hate, you know, for anything, you know, and it can be absolutely damaging to someone's mental state. And, you know, you saying those words can have a lifetime effect that will take you two minutes that you might forget. So just think about that. There's no place for this type of hate in the world today, especially with everything going on, which I'm not going to get into. Um, but, you know, Moses Ingram, she's doing a great job, you know, as a character, and I praise her. But, anyway, back to on, on the show. So, uh, obviously, Kenobi's on the run with Princess Leia. He goes to the coordinates that... Uh, <coughs> Um, that he got from the previous episode, from the, uh, the fake Jedi. And what we can see is the fact that Kenobi is got, like, full... Like, almost like a forced PTSD, because he does, for a brief moment, see Anakin, played by Hayden Christensen, as Anakin, not as Darth Vader, uh, as a vision uh, in these fields. And, you know, we see that, you know, and we also see the fact that he meets up uh, with which we thought to be an Imperial officer, however, um, she's actually an ally, and she actually saves uh, Kenobi and Princess Leia from getting shot from the Empire. Um, we also get a lovely scene where we actually get to know more about Kenobi. He starts talking about his mother and his brother and his dad from the way he can briefly remember because of the fact he says, you know, to Princess Leia, the fact that you know. Jedi were taken from a very young age. He wished he knew more about his his family, which you know, besides the mo- like besides all the books in our extended um, universe, besides the, these movies, like that's really showing you an inside of the character that we haven't shown bef- been seen before, uh, which is quite touching because you know we look at Obi Obi Wan Kenobi when you know besides the mo- you know besides all the books and everything, you don't actually know a whole lot about his backstory. Besides the fact that, you know, the Jedi Order, you know, Kyo Jen, you know, know, everything like that. So that's a really touching uh, aspect. Uh, And this lady, she takes, uh, she takes Kenobi and Princess Leia to a safe house, which, you know, Kobe, Kenobi, Kobe, Kenobi sees multiple writings from different people. And he does see the fact that uh, he sees writing about a Jedi that's actually still helping people. Um, which this Jedi, I can't remember the name, I do apologise, but he's actually from the Clone Wars, uh, so that was a good confirmation of the fact that he is alive, and he will, uh, he might appear in Ahsoka, 
But the fact that, you know, people have come through here and people still try and do the right thing and save people from the Empire, because it's just, it's so bleak this time. Between the gap between three and four, it's, you know, dark times. And then what we get later on, as they're about to leave, because they want to get off the planet, obviously, uh, um, Darth Vader arrives with the Inquisitors, and he's walking to this village, and what do we get? What we're getting? We got a complete and utter brutal Darth Vader. He pulls, you know, he's snapping necks. He killed a child or a teenager, snapping neck like that. You know, I was like, I'm watching this go, oh my God. Like, there's no, there's no pulling punches. Like, they're showing how, you know, Im impressive and how dark Darth Vader is. You know, and the fact that you try to remember the fact that this guy used to be a Jedi. You know, one of the best Jedi with a heart. And now he's just going straight up killing teenagers. Obviously, he's killed kids before, as we all know, the younglings. Uh, but um, just what we're seeing in this aspect. And again, you know, just before Darth Vader rocks up, you see that uh, Kenobi has a kind of like a PTSD, like crippling, um, crippling PTSD because he can feel the force with Anakin. Um, and it's just, it's stopping him so much, uh, which leads to a fight between Darth Vader and, and Kenobi, which I was just gobsmacked, I loved, and you saw the fact that Darth Vader knew the fact that Kenobi is old, he's slow, he's become disconnected with um, the Force, which is why Darth Vader couldn't find Kenobi. It was only when the fact that when Obi-Wan Kenobi realized that Anakin was alive, that he said Anakin, and then boom, they got a force link straight to each other, um, and he was able to find him. Because Kenobi's been so disconnected to the force, and he thought, you know, obviously Anakin's dead. Uh, so we get this fight, and you're seeing Kenobi's slow, and, you know, he's not... You know, I do like the whole aspect of like it was dark and only the light between their lightsabers. I think the visually aspect that was stunning to look at because this is at night time. Um, what I also, uh, what we did, a yeah, very pitiful scene where Kenobi's like, what, <coughs> what have you become? And then D Darth Vader turns around and goes, I am what you made me. So just pour on that guilt to Kenobi. Pour, just pour, pour that guilt onto the poor man. Um, just and But what we get later as the episode progresses is that we get a, you know, a similarity. A scene which I didn't think was going to happen. Um, Kenobi, sorry, Darth Vader grabs Kenobi with the force, then lights fire on the ground with the lightsaber and says, you know, the fact that, you know, your pain has only just begun. And Darth Vader grabs Kenobi and pu puts him, pushes him into the fire with the Force, burning him, just like a Revenge of the Sith right at the end. The fact there's two scenes from those two is just, the similarities are fantastic. You know, and it, I'm just watching it just as a fan... Going, oh my god, 
Like, he's burning him alive. He's burning his brother. He, the person that failed him. Told him the fact that we're going to do everything and all this and fail and burn him. Now, yes, obviously Kenobi gets away with the help from the lady. Unfortunately, Princess Leia gets captured by the third sister and Darth Vader lets Kenobi go, um, thanks to a robot. Which, my thing is the fact that uh, the reason why Darth Vader let him go is because of the fact that and need to chase him, is that Darth Vader doesn't want to kill Kenobi. Not yet, anyway. Darth Vader wants to make him suffer. You know, he wants to torture him. You know, knowing the fact that he is more powerful, he can beat him. You know, you're no lo- you know, you're not a threat to me anymore. I just want to see you suffer. Which is very intense. So my theory is that the Kenobi... Um, Will obviously you know, heal his wounds. What he will have to do is he'll have to reconnect with the Force fully, and then what will happen is he will do it in the next two episodes, which will lead to the last episode of him having another duel against Darth Vader, where obviously no Kenobi will win. No, will win some aspect, but the fact that they'll have another duel, like this, was just. Yeah, you know, this was just a taste, but we're going to get another duel with them going head to head with Kenobi being more connected to the Force and actually fighting properly. Obviously, we're going to get something like Revenge of the Sith because you know they were younger, you know, two Jedi at their peak. This is going to be very different, you know, and it's going to be a very emotional fight because he will have to he will have to reconnect to the Force. To beat Darth Vader and save Princess Leia. Obviously, we know he does save Princess Leia because of obviously what happens. But you know, this I I didn't really think of it until I was speaking to um, the the guys over at the No Dose podcast. Zach is the fact that like you know this makes more sense. Why the fact that uh, Pri- Princess Leia sends a message to Kenobi, you know, in Episode Four, and how she knows Kenobi and why she asks him for help. That makes more sense now on this backstory between the two. I never really thought twice about it, but now this, you know, this series is doing very well on filling those gaps. Because you got to remember, it's like nearly 20, 25 years between three and four. Um, but also rumored that the Kenobi episode, sorry, Kenobi season two apparently has been greenlit. However, no official communi- uh, official announcement has been made uh, yet. Um, which, you know, if they don't make a season two, it wouldn't bother me. So far, this is fantastic. So guys, are you watching Kenobi? Are you enjoying it? You let me know in the comments. I would love to talk to you guys about this because just... God damn, this is good entertainment. Uh, but yeah, positive Kenobi is up. We're halfway through. Three more episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, until that's all right. And next week's going to be a really big week because what Kenobi, Miss Marvel, sorry, this week, my apologies, this week we have Kenobi, we have Miss Marvel, and we have the boys. So without further ado, let's get into the review for the boys, which, <coughs> oh my god, oh my god. Spoilers, obviously, guys, but, all right. So, first 10 minutes, 
of the boys straight away punches you in the damn mouth and doesn't even give you a towel to fix yourself up and kicks you while you're down. So we see Butcher, we see the gang, um, obviously again, and uh, they're hunting down... I don't know if you guys remember that there was this whole theory when the Finney and War and Endgame came out. The fact that why doesn't uh, Airman do the Thanos theory, which was just grow up uh, Thanos' butt, expand and kill him. So it looks like the creators of uh, the boys thought, huh, that's a really good theory. Let's do that. But let's do that one better. You see, a man like Ant Man get very tiny. Meet his gay, meet his, sorry, meet his uh, lover, gentleman, and uh, goes up a particular body part, um, which you see everything uh, from the front, uh, every little bit, and this is episode one, first ten minutes, and uh, what does he do? He accidentally sneezes and becomes full size, and boom, turns his uh, lover into, um, into half. Uh, with blood everywhere, and that uh, that is how uh, the boys season uh, three starts, ladies and gentlemen. Just uh, <laughs> holy shit! Um, I was watching it, and my partner she saw the scene. She's like, "What the f are you watching?" I'm like, "It's the boys." She's like, "What is going on? What what?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's the boys for you." Like that's uh, <laughs> Jesus. That's indeed correct. Uh, so that's um. That's the start of the boys season three. So we get three episodes at launch, and they are not holding back. This is balls to the wall, absolutely brutal, and is fantastic, you know. And so what? Obviously, what happens is, you know, the this you know, butcher and Huey are still where we left them. Huey's working for the government, and Butcher's still uh, got his gang. Um, and what they're doing is, you know, finding soups, stopping them, but they're doing it by the book and not killing them um, at all. Uh, however, what we, what uh, Huey finds out is the fact that uh, the Congress, his boss, uh, she has superpowers, um, and she can literally just think of some somebody, and then boom, now uh, they can explode an arm, a body part, a head. Um, no joke, and we get to see that, and that is a rain of blood and guts. No, this is this show is rated R, straight off the bat. If you are squirmish or don't like full frontal nudity, then uh, you need to step away from it. But if you're looking for something like the step up from Deadpool and Peacemaker, and then someone also, uh, you know, like sore aspect, you've come to the right place. And yeah, if you also like um, superheroes. Uh, you've come to the right place. So what happens is the fact that uh, we also find out that here we goes back to the butcher and you know, saying the fact that you know we're going to have to do this old school. I want to get my hands dirty. Um, what we also uh, and they reassemble a team and what they're trying to do is they're going to try and find uh, Soldier Boy, who's played by Jason Ackles. Um, he's playing basically a Captain America type. Um, believed to be dead, um, and he was killed by a weapon. And what they're trying to do is they want to find that weapon so they can kill H Homelander. Because Homelander, he is something definitely broken with inside him, um, and he's just 
at the very start, he starts apologizing for everything that happened. Um, his points are down everything, like, you know, with the public. Um, so that's all down, and that really gets to him, and then he just snaps, and he's like, nah, you know what? Screw you guys, screw everybody. I'm going to do whatever I want, um, because the fact that Starlight becomes co-captain, which doesn't end very well, well, isn't going to end very well, but... Uh, you know, the actor that plays Homelander is doing a fantastic job. Now, that's a character you really hate. You know, a character that isn't, you know, people can't kill him. Um, can't kill him, which they're going to try and find this this season. Um, which, you know, Butcher also gets powers, which he absolutely loves and abuses in a, in a brutal fight scene. Um, so we do get that, but he's, it's, uh, you can get, only get powers for 24 hours. Um, so he's struggling with that because he starts throwing up and feeling sick and he can't control it properly. Uh, which I don't think, we've only seen him use his powers once, but he got three vials of it from, uh, Maeve. Because uh, she wants Homelander dead as well. Pretty much everyone in this entire series wants Homelander dead. Homelander dead. There's no one who wants him... Even his lover from the previous season, uh, Stormfront, which he was keeping alive, she kills herself um, because of the fact that uh, uh, because of Homelander. So she definitely does that. That's another thing that sets him off. Um, and which uh, Charlize Theron at the very beginning of the episode after the uh, uh, penis um, explosion. Um, after that, they do like a ripoff of the Avengers and Justice League and Charlize Theron plays a cameo and she plays Stormfront, um, which I was surprised with Charlize Theron because I'm like, oh, well, you played a superhero twice in the last month between Doctor Strange and this. Um, so I was very surprised to see her there. Um, but yeah, Stormfront was in it for the very first two episodes and she's dead. She committed suicide. Um, and so that's going into it. And then, uh, at the end of episode three, like, uh, they, he announces that him and Starlight are in love. Hashtag Homelight or Starhome or whatever it was. Um, interesting enough, we get a little backstory about Starlight uh, we're back with her mother, and she see that she does this whole performance um, from when they were doing the pageants. And while she's waving after it's all done, she's got her arm behind her back and like completely have her fist completely, you know, into a ball. And it's shaking, like it's almost like frustration that you know she's doing something she doesn't want to do, um, and that's the only way she can do it, uh, get her frustration out. So she does the same thing after. Homelander announces that they're in love, um, which that cuts episode three off, so we don't actually see what Huey's reaction to it because they did a live thing. And then uh, episode three also, we also see the Deep as Jury join the team, um, and Homelander makes him eat a squid, an octopus, sorry, which is obviously not good for Aquaman, basically Aquaman. Um, he eats it, and it's a very disgusting scene. Um, he also has sex with his uh, partner, where he looks at the octopus the whole time, about an hour earlier. And, you know, everything I'm saying right now is what's in this show. I am not making this up. And I thank Mark for pushing me to watch this show. You guys need to watch this. It is just incredible balls-off-the-wall kind of aspect. And 
you know, compared to other shows, the first three episodes for this are just as strong as each other. You know, they're going for, you know, bank to bank to bank. It is 100% fantastic. And even um, Barry, who's been here on this show, he's like, I cannot get the first 10 minutes of episode one out of my mind. There is not enough alcohol in the world. And I'm like, I fully agree um, so I'd love to know what everybody thinks about that opening scene, and that is just that is just a way to open your show. And you know what's funny? That's not even going to be the most craziest thing of this episode. So episode six of this season. So obviously, I'm assuming the fact that we're still going to get eight episodes because the last two seasons were eight episodes. Um, so I'm guessing it's going to be still like that. So so we're still going to get that later on, but. Uh, uh, sixth episode of uh, this particular show is going to be called Herogasm. Yes, Herogasm, which in the comics of the boys is where massive superhero orgy. Yes, uh, you can hear that correct. Uh, which in the comics, uh, Soldier Boy actually would uh, have sex with Homelander once a year or for this event to try and get into the seven. They're not doing that aspect. But uh, we are going to get this show in some kind of aspect, like good lord or whatever, how they are going to tackle that. But this show, the creators, the team, the CGI is all bloody fantastic. I can't praise enough. And we've only seen the very first three episodes it's emotional drama, uh, there's action in it all together. You know, it's honestly, as a f- it's just fantastic and you need to start watching it now. So obviously, you know, we've got the next uh, five weeks uh, of this particular, sh- of the boys coming out. So for anyone, Kenobi, Disney Plus. For the boys, Amazon Prime. Um, so you need to get onto that, you know, get onto that so you can start streaming it. Uh, straight away, and obviously, you know, if you, if anyone knew, if you get Amazon Prime and it works for Amazon Shopping and you get free delivery, wow, I should be a spokesman. But anyway, uh, the other reason I know that is because I just did I just did it uh, when I reactivated my account for Amazon Prime. But uh, review first episode of the boys, fantastic! I can't wait for the next five weeks. I am absolutely amped, and yeah, guys, for the next. Week, um, obviously, I'm gonna have three views coming um, for those three shows. Uh, so, Kenobi Wednesday, Miss Marvel Wednesday, uh, and um, the Boys Friday. So, get your weeks organized, guys. There is content coming out. Not to mention, by the time these shows finish, Thor Four is gonna be around the corner as well, and then She Hulk in the following month. Um, and then, obviously, Black Adam. So, guys, definitely subscribe. Stay with Lights, Camera, Rant, because we're going to make sure that you guys do not miss a beat. Because uh, I know because there's so much going on, and I'm going to be your friendly neighborhood ranting MF who is going to keep you guys in touch with everything going on. So, guys, thank you very much for joining with me for this episode. As always... Please like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. And until next time, guys, happy ranting. Thanks for listening to Lights, Camera, Rant. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. 
While you're at it, leave us a rating and review, and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, happy ranting.